Hey friend, I just want to take a quick moment to let you know about something we offer here at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries. Now listen, Nothing Is Wasted is not just this podcast that you've been enjoying, full of stories of hope and healing in the midst of difficult and painful valleys. We're also a ministry with unending resources that can help you move forward on your healing journey from whatever pain you've experienced in life. We've got the Pain to Purpose course, masterclasses, curated pathways around specific pain points, an online community, and so much more. But if you're just getting started on the path of healing and you're interested in learning more about how you can even begin to untangle your pain, I want to invite you to our free live five steps to taking back your story Zoom call. I'll be there live and I'll just be sharing some practical steps that you can take right here, right now to move from the hurt and trauma you've walked through and into deeper healing. You and I will be able to engage with each other. You'll be able to ask questions and learn what it looks like to start taking back your story. Now it's completely free, but it may just be the step that God uses to begin in you a journey of deeper hope and healing, no matter what you faced. All you got to do is sign up at nothingiswasted.com slash start here. Again, that's nothingiswasted.com slash start here and join me as a first step to taking back your story, no matter what you've gone through. Now, listen, there is very real pain and loss that is threatening to keep you discouraged and despairing, but it doesn't have to be that way. Let me give you some practical hope that I've learned in my own pain and suffering after losing my wife, Amanda, in 2015. I found that the only way out of despair is going right through it, and life is too short to stay in your pain. We don't want to waste this. So I want to invite you to join me for our next free live Zoom call by signing up at nothingiswasted.com slash start here and let the healing journey begin in your life. Nothingiswasted.com slash start here. Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, where we believe that no matter what you've gone through in life, God is inviting you to partner with him to take back your story. On this podcast, we have inspiring conversations with people who are doing just that. And now, your hosts, Davey Blackburn and Aubrey Sampson. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Nothing is Wasted podcast. My name is Davey. I'm one of your hosts. And uh, of course... One of your other hosts is here, Aubrey Sampson. Wow, that was extra cheesy, Davey, but I kind of did that. It was kind of fun. It is fun because I'm really excited for us to be doing this together. It's been a little while since you and I have yeah, hosted it's been together. a minute. This is fun. We're in totally separate directions in a lot of different cases, especially over the end of the year, the beginning of the year. You've been doing a lot of prep work on a new book that you're releasing, which is I'm super excited about. I am uh, super excited about it too. As well as all the wrap up. It's so funny because I told Christy the other day, I said, yeah, Aubrey's working on another book that she's um, going to be releasing probably in like Jan- January 2025. Yeah. She goes... Geez, she how many books is she releasing? It's amazing, right? Because we're still nav- we're still running through Big Feelings Day with our kids, right? Oh, Which is awesome. Thank you. You know, the Big Feelings Days. I just as a side note, it it is God's using it. It's just so fun. It's so fun. Just like if I could write only kids books, I definitely would. This next Aubrey. one is an adult book, but I I yes. love. I'm proud of it. I love that book. You should be proud of it because every time I read it, we I read it especially to Cohen because it's like, I feel like most age of pro, it's great for the older two as well. But, but it's for Cohen, little ones. Yeah. Cohen specifically requests it so, probably once a week. I mean, he's so like, I, re- I will read this one, you know? And every time I read through it with him, I get like chills, like Holy Spirit chills because of the way that you laid it out. I'm so amazed and you should be proud of it. I'm so amazed at how clearly and simply you're helping kids to understand 
to embrace and as we call it, befriend their emotions, mm, yeah. get curious about them, but then also take them to the feet of Jesus. That's They're like, right. hey, it's okay that you're experiencing this. This is normal to feel this way. And Jesus can handle this. And this is probably the part that I think was the most brilliant of you. Was I to, like hearing how brilliant I am, by the way. <laughs> Keep talking, Davey. Well, you know, we talk about this all the time, but to bring it to a kid's level is to help them understand that Jesus had big feeling stays too. Mm, yeah. That, like every time I get to that part, I'm like, this is theology. Yeah. Yeah. Tough cookies on yes. the bottom shelf. Yes. That was me trying to go sure. incarnation, incarnation, incarnation. Yeah. 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 Oh, so thanks, Davey. So okay. Speaking of, well, can I even say the word? Sure. Sure. Speaking of books, <laughs> you have a really big announcement, Davey. Can I, I, I don't want to spoil it. I, I don't know if I should have like built it up with a drum roll, but I, <laughs> I want you to share with our people this incredible news. We are super excited about this. You know, the last time that I updated everybody on the book, I told everybody about the transition away from the old publisher that we signed with at the very beginning. Obviously, the, the delay with the trial and everything, and then writing a couple more chapters to kind of bring up to speed the story of what's happened since then. We just, uh, as of the time of this release, a few weeks ago, signed with another publisher. And because the book is like so ready to be done, we're able to release it. We are officially releasing Nothing Has Wasted the Book Woo! on July, July 30th. July of this year. Let's go. This is the first time, Aubrey, in seven years that we have actually had a release date. Okay. And I don't, I mean, Davey, I know other people listening might be like, well, okay, whatever. That's a really big deal. You've had this book ready to go for a while. Obviously, you've edited it and changed it and added to it over time. Right. It's been seven years. Right. But uh, so many things about it are well. One, the number seven, which is just such a like, our listeners you know, know, about, know. I didn't think about that Davey, already. Right. Davey, that's it's like true. a, you know, obviously that's a it's theological true. number, but that's a number specifically in your life, a way God has yep. moved. If our yep. listeners, you know, have followed a along at the podcast, they know some of just, the meaning of seven, but then like the fact that you finally have a day, like praise Jesus. I know. This is I know. awesome. I can't believe it. We're so excited about it. Obviously that means a whole lot of work that we're yeah. going to be having to do over the next several months, which is great, but we're ready for it. And what I'm most excited about is that as this book gets into the hands of people seven years ago, if this book had released, it would have been, I think, inspiring for people. Yeah. Now we have an entire ministry to help people Amen. actually experience transformation. Come on. So it's not just going to be an insp ins you know, inspiration. We've said this before. This is going to be a pathway to transformation for people with all the other things that we're able to offer um, people as a ministry. So I'm excited. Yeah. But here's the big thing. So this Monday, February 19th, okay? I'm putting this in my calendar right now. We're going to be releasing comps, design comps for the book cover. What okay. are comps for people who are asking? Comps are ideas. There you so go. So we're going to release three to four. I'm not exactly sure how many. It just depends on how inspired Tara gets. You know, in creative. <laughs> our, our she's designer. our amazing designer. She's our amazing here. designer. Yeah. And what's great about our publisher is they're allowing us to really drive that, which is awesome. It's so great because I, you amazing. Know, we just have an incredible designer, so I, I yeah. want to make sure that she has the uh, yes. a say in that process. Amen. And she's been designing everything else for Nothing Is Wasted, Pain to Purpose, all the different, the healing leader, different things that we offer. So the 19th, we're going to be releasing on social media and via email, the design comps for you as our community to vote for. This is amazing. That voting process will be open for an entire week. So you'll have oh, a good. week. 
That's it to vote for it. And then okay. it gets shut down. So just the week of the 19th, <gasps> you can vote for your favorite book cover design. And then we're going to go from there um, because we that have to turn awesome. in actual book cover designs at the beginning of March. So we got to turn that back around yeah, pretty, pretty quickly. quickly. But I'm really I love, excited yeah, about this. I love that our community is going to get to be yes. a part of it and like partake yes. in making this book. That is so cool, Davey. Yes. And I'll go ahead and say this. Say the date. Um, this should be going out in correspondence here pretty soon as well. We are going to have a book release event in Indianapolis. Ooh. Nice. I think right now, we're not sure. I think it's going to be. So just be in, be ready on Friday, July 26th. I'm I putting think. this on my calendar. Is that the, is that 26? I think is what the. Let's let me do a little uh, Google yes. check for Friday, everyone. Yep. July 26th. I think we're not po absolutely positive, but go ahead and just like keep your ears perked. Cause we would love for you to come and join us. It's like a nothing is wasted live event. Make it a weekend. Dude. Make it a weekend. It's going to be an incredible event. So more information to come. Oh, we're super excited about. Yeah. Congratulations, Davey. This Thank is you. very, very exciting. Hey, uh, let's not forget we have an incredible episode today. We had so many exciting pieces of I know, news. Lots of exciting things. Here's another one. Uh, yep. We are joined today by Andrea Herzer and our friend yep. Eric got to interview right. her. So this is really fun. We have uh, sometimes our buddy Eric comes on and you may have heard him join us uh, for one of our New Year's episodes where we kind of yep. did like a roundtable conversation, but he got to interview Andrea Herzer and her story is one of um, chronic pain, cancer, yeah. multiple yeah. illnesses. Uh, you name it, but this is actually from her words. I love this. Mm. I may have chronic pain and cancer, but I also have infectious joy and incurable mm. faith. Uh, she has a book coming out or a latest book, Incurable Faith, 120 Devotions of Lasting Hope for Lingering Health Issues. So mm. uh, we know this is going to be incredible. Before you take a listen to Eric's conversation with Andrea, if you're looking for your next step here at Nothing Is Wasted, be sure to join Davey for a live call, Five Steps to Taking Back Your Story. We'd love to invite you to sign up by going to nothingiswasted.com slash start here. All right. Well, let's dive into this conversation with uh, Eric and Andrea Herzer. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, and I am excited to be here today with Andrea Herzer, who is the author of the new book, Incurable Faith, 120 Devotions of Lasting Hope for Lingering Health Issues. And I think you're going to uh, enjoy uh, hearing from Andrea and really benefit from this conversation today. Andrea, welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Thank you, Eric. It's a yeah. pleasure and a really a joy to be here with you today. Likewise. Um, I'd love for you just to introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about what's going on in your life right now. All right. Well, as you said, I'm Andrea Herzer. I'm an author and a speaker. I live right outside of Austin, Texas, but I'm really a Florida girl. So most people don't know that. And I'm a beach girl at heart, but for now I'm content to use the therapy pool in my backyard in Central <laughs> Texas. And I am the very blessed mother of three adult children. And my husband, Mark, is 
my partner in crime and <laughs> he is caregiver extraordinaire as you will hear throughout my story and I actually dedicated my book to him mm. so he's a, just God knew what he was doing when he introduced me to Mark mm. well speaking of your story why don't you go ahead and and tell us tell us your journey well, my journey really began, firstly, when I accepted Christ as my Savior at 19. Mm. But at that time, I thought, aha, now I know the way that my life will always be fulfilled and blessed, and I will, you know, I'll never struggle anymore, mm. and I'll always have that perfect peace, and Wow, I had a lot to learn. So, <laughs> and over 20 years ago, and, and praise God for this, because our, our struggles do sanctify us and, and help our faith to grow. Mm -hmm. And so, over 20 years ago, after I received an injection, I got really, really sick. And mm -hmm. at that time, I had three young children. My son was only two months old, our youngest. And every joint in my body mm. felt like it was being stabbed and, and the weight of gravity just felt heavier on my muscles and there was just intense burning and flu-like aching. And, mm. um, and I was also having um, some some other issues that led to OBGYN surgeries and, and urology surgeries. And mm. uh, so it was, it just led me down a road of symptom after symptom and being disabled by pain. And at that time I thought that I was going to get better. The Lord mm. would heal me. And when that seemed to become farther and farther away and my body was breaking down bit by bit, I really began a struggle and a lament. I was just lamenting to the Lord, why? Why couldn't I serve you better if I were healthy? Because mm. I thought I knew the way that I should serve. But praise God that He is bigger than, than we are. He knows mm. why He created us. He knows the plans and purposes He has for us. Mm. And He is big enough and He is such a redemptive God that He can use the hardest things in our lives to draw us to Him and, and have a ministry of life and peace mm. to others. So, Throughout that journey of discovering what it means to have an abundant life, even if I was never healed, uh, my health actually got worse. Mm. And an accident, I know you're probably, we're on a podcast, but I know you're going to show um, some of the videos. So, an accident to my hand, and I'm showing the scar right now, mm. caused a disease called complex regional pain syndrome. Mm. And that... It's a neurological disease. It's excruciatingly painful. It's been in the news a little bit recently, so people might be a little more familiar with it. But I, it spread to my hands, my knees, my feet, and I found myself at 39 years old using a scooter, a walker, um, unable to get out of bed on a lot of days, mm. going through one over a hundred 
you know, nerve blocks and infusions and hyperbaric oxygen treatments and you name it. And the people that are listening who have chronic health issues know what I'm talking about. Mm. And you might tell someone you have a surgery, but they don't know the complications that might follow. They don't know mm. your needs with caregiving. It's it's a really nuanced and um, multi-layered thing to have chronic health issues. So, during that time, I had been writing my book because the Lord, as I found His sustaining power and His love and His faithfulness in my afflictions, and as I would read scripture and um, and the the verses would just jump off the page that mm. that really applied to help me to find life and peace again. I wanted to share that with other people, and that's really the seed of where my my book came from. But shortly after I was diagnosed with complex regional pain syndrome, it was a number a few years. Uh, I was diagnosed with two types of advanced stage cancer and mm. one was aggressive. So today I've fought it twice. And um, unless the Lord chooses to miraculously heal me, my doctors say that I will continue to battle it because it's mm. considered incurable. Mm. And I just live with these things. Really, I don't focus on that. My cancer is incurable. My complex regional pain is incurable. Fibromyalgia, interstitial cystitis, any of my diagnoses. I focus on that through incurable faith in Jesus Christ, hmm. I can have joy and I can have strength and hmm. I can share that with other people. Hmm. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story with us, Andrea. Um, the book you mentioned um, your latest book, uh, Incurable Faith, 120 Devotions of Lasting Hope for Lingering Health Issues. Uh, I want to think about, maybe we can talk about that idea of lingering health issues. We often think about God's goodness uh, being most apparent when our prayers are answered the way that we want them to be answered. Uh, when disease and illness is cured, when the pain goes away, uh, what does it look like to see God's goodness when the pain and the disease lingers and stays with us and we're not healed in the ways that we anticipated and asked for? That is, that's a really wonderful way to dive into really finding purpose in our pain, mm. right? It's um, one of the first things I think that I learned is that my stability, my steadfastness is not contingent on how I feel on any given day. My steadfastness is in the one who is steadfast, mm. and that's through Christ. And so, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever, and He is always good, always faithful, always loving. And so, one of the big shifts that happened for me was during a season where I had done some very expensive treatments. I'd had to live in a, I talk about this in the book, but I'd had to live in a hotel in another city and do these treatments every day. And then the pain just came with a vengeance, mm. Mm. even though I'd had a little bit of relief, it just 
came on with a vengeance. And as I lay there in bed, I just started praising God in that pain, Mm. purposefully, determinedly. And it really, you know, the Bible talks about having a sacrifice of praise, and it is a sacrifice when you, everything in you is saying, I don't want to praise. I, this is the last thing I want to do, but it's putting my flesh to the side, Hmm. putting obedience and reverence and honor for Christ first and foremost. And as I began saying, you are holy, you are perfect, you are just, you are good. You're my savior. You're my friend. You're my healer. You're my redeemer. And I Mm. just started praising the Lord. Mm. It gave me a sacred space of peace amid that pain. And yes, I still had physical pain, Mm -hmm. but now I had joy that strengthens my spirit Mm. And I had the peace of Christ guarding Mm. my mind and my heart. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, Let me ask a follow-up question from that. So, let's say there's a listener who is dealing with chronic pain, cancer. They've found this through an internet search, and they've never heard of Jesus. They've never heard of Christ. Um, Could you explain to them who is Jesus and what does it mean to know Him? I had that question too many years ago, and I actually have an, an article on my website where I talk about this, mm. that I thought that he was fictitious. I thought that Jesus was like the Easter bunny. It was some kind of myth or legend. or and But I started putting biblical principles into practice. Mm. And as I began to do that, I found a measure of freedom from Mm. things that I had struggled with. So, I started to realize maybe there's something to the Bible, Mm. but it was just Jesus himself that that I, I could not get past, but there he was. And I had to decide as uh, Lee Strobel talks about in A Case for Christ, but also mm. um, the book Evidence That Demands a Verdict is mm. what led me to think about he was a man who lived on this earth sent by God and he is God. Mm-hmm. And he came because our wrongdoings, everything we've done, every thought that isn't holy and pure and just separates us from a holy God because Mm. he is perfectly loving. Mm. He is perfectly good. And we know that we're not. We want to be, but Mm. we're not. And so, that sin separates us. So, Jesus lived the life that we couldn't live. He lived the perfect life. And so, he died the death that our sins deserved. And when we put our faith in Him and follow Him as our Lord, He covers us. His blood Mm. covers us. His Spirit comes to live in us. And His righteousness now becomes ours. Mm. So, Jesus forgave my sins when I received Him as my Lord. But it's not a one and done thing. It's one and done in that now I am walking with the Lord. Now I have the Holy Spirit living in me, but I need to make the choice every single day to follow Him. Hmm. And when we are suffering, it becomes 
even harder because our flesh cries out, right? We're, yeah, we're, yeah. we're in that survival mode and we want to do everything we can to just survive. And sometimes we make choices that maybe aren't healthy. Mm-hmm. And But God's grace is always there. It's always there mm. to just draw us back to Him at every given moment. Mm. Oh, that's thank you for sharing that. That is it. The good news is always good to hear. And uh, I loved what you said about His grace always being there. Just, you know, when pain or suffering or even when sin lingers in our lives, it's good to know that He lingers longer and yes. he, he never leaves us or forsakes us. Yeah. I'm wondering, is there, is there, could you share a portion of your book, uh, Incurable Faith with us? Something you'd like to read? Yes. I actually have one right here and you can see it's dog ear because you know what? (laughs) I wrote it for other people, but I use it in my own life (laughs) because I need it. (laughs) I need it. So it's just a reminder of, um, of his goodness in different seasons of my life, Mm. but it's also um, full of God's word and God's word is life to us. Mm. Mm. I, I wrote a devotion called a higher purpose. And I'd like to read it right now for those who are having trouble finding purpose in their pain. Finding purpose in your pain is a journey. It's Mm. not something that we often really realize in the beginning. You know, there's a verse that talks about those who sow in tears will Mm. reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow will return with songs of joy carrying sheaves with them. Mm. And so, I want to just encourage people. For me, this was a way that I planted seed. There's a lot of mourning. There's a lot of lament. And, but there's a lot of joy in this book. And now, I'm able to reap the benefit and carry the sheaves every time I hear from a reader. That's, that's, that's a sheaf and I'm, and I'm singing songs of joy over it. Mm. But let me encourage you with these words Mm. today. It starts off with the scripture. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Philippians 1.12. And I'm going to just read a section here. Mm -hmm. Paul wrote his letter to the Philippians while he was imprisoned. He could have written to tell them that the chains hurt, the prison food was terrible, and he was tired of persecution. Instead, he looked beyond his suffering and saw God's purpose in it. He knew that God's purpose for his life could not be confined even during his confinement. For those of us who've been homebound, Mm. I think that's a mighty encouragement from Scripture Mm. there. My cancer may have relapsed. But God's purpose for my life has never lapsed. He uses my infirmities to clarify my calling, as cancer has given me greater urgency and courage to tell others about Jesus. I don't want to be sick even more than any more than Paul wanted to be in chains, but God uses the difficult realities of illness to help me develop an eternal perspective. Hmm. If God has allowed cancer, chronic pain, or any other suffering, you can be sure that it is not in vain. It will serve a purpose in your life and in the lives of those around you as you trust God and continue to serve Him in the midst of it. Mm. Mm. That's beautiful, Andrea. Thank you for sharing that. 
Um, and that, that book, uh, Incurable Faith is, that's part of one of 120 devotions in the book. Uh, could you tell us just a little bit about the structure of the book, how it's written? I know sometimes when we're in pain or we're in suffering, we think, oh, the last thing I want to do is sit down and try to plow through a book with long chapters, heady stuff. Like, how is this book written to help people who are walking that path? Well, I absolutely understand that. And so, I specifically structured the book for people who have brain fog, or maybe they have little time because they're going from treatment to treatment, or maybe they um, their attention span is diminished because of you know, chemo or the side effects of medications. And I've, I've gone through that journey. So I put the book into three sections and I divided the devotions by length. Mm. So you can choose every day what you would like to read based on your bandwidth for that day, your, your ability, your attention span. And I also, for readers that want to maybe look up a topic and maybe they need hope or they need strength or they need to be reminded of God's goodness in the middle of a new diagnosis, I have a topical index that mm. it's in the back of the book and it helps readers to find what they want to read based on that. And actually, one of the biggest things that I hear about from readers is that they feel seen because they they know that I get it and that I understand mm. how hard it is to really put your mind on scripture or a devotion when you when you have very little attention span. Mm. But they also feel seen in that I have longer devotions for the days when you just feel lonely. Hmm. And you just want to hear somebody else's voice besides your hmm. own in your head. Yeah. So they find comfort through those longer devotions. Hey, friend, I want to share with you one of my absolute favorite resources from Nothing Is Wasted Ministries. It's the Pain to Purpose 42 Day Devotional. This devotional is a beautiful 42-day journey through life's valleys with biblically-based encouragement to help you or someone you love navigate the difficulties of life. Each week, you'll learn from the journey of a major character in Scripture and be able to reflect on how that impacts your own story and whatever you're facing. From Job to David, Ruth to Jesus himself, you'll see how God has taken the most dire of circumstances and brought healing and redemption from the ashes. This devotional makes a great gift for the person who is walking through a recent loss or trauma or who carries the wounds from pain in their past. It's something that you can keep on hand to give to someone who is experiencing any kind of pain point, and it's a great addition to your daily time with the Lord. For just $25, you can get one for yourself or gift it to a friend. For our Nothing Is Wasted podcast listeners, we want to offer you 20% off your entire order of the devotional, whether it's one or whether it's 20 using the coupon code PODCAST. Again, 20% off your entire order of devotionals using the coupon code PODCAST. Grab a copy today of the Pain to Purpose 42-Day Devotional at nothingiswasted.com slash 
Devo, D-E-V-O. Nothingiswasted.com slash Devo. Be encouraged by it yourself or encourage someone else in their journey through life's valleys. Again, nothingiswasted.com slash Devo. That's such a thoughtful way to put that book together to serve people. And and I and I know even as I was listening to the devotion that you just shared, I was thinking, you know, your focus in that was, uh, you know, lingering health issues. And often, you know, we think of physical health issues, but I was thinking how applicable it was to lingering mental health issues. And mm-hmm. this, what you're writing and what you're sharing is simply scriptural truth applied to lingering health issues. But the, the truth applies to so many things that I'm saying that because I'm saying, listener, if you're not dealing with lingering health issues, I think this book will be useful to you and whatever whatever lingering issues you are facing, even if it's not health, whether it's uh, relational conflict or wayward children or whatever the situation is in, your, in, is in your life, you're going to find Andrea applying the scripture to help you patiently endure in faith and hope as as you look to Jesus. And so. If health isn't your issue, don't discount the book. Uh, go pick up a copy of it because I think you'll you'll definitely be encouraged by it. So thank you for sharing that. I I wanna I wanna ask you about discouragement. I am sure just listening to your health journey story that you've probably faced discouragement at least at least a few times in that long journey. Um, what do you do in the middle of seasons of discouragement? Discouragement is probably one of the most common issues that we face when we have lingering issues of any type, right? Mm-hmm. You just mentioned people who are having a battle with with mental health. And I've heard from people that read the book that, that maybe they're fighting addictions mm-hmm. and they've found comfort and solace and strength in, in putting their mind on scriptural truth. And so, what I've found during seasons of discouragement. And and I mean, I can have a great day all day today and then my pain hits and I and there the discouragement might come with it. I have a lot of devotions that actually um, talk about what I do, but I I'll just say here that a few of the things that help me are purposefully cultivating an eternal perspective. Mm. Because if I let my mind and if I let my thoughts dwell in that place of temporary pain. And, you know, the Bible says that these are momentary and light trials. They don't feel momentary. They don't feel light. But when we have an eternal perspective and we see those things in light of eternity, then we recognize, oh, you know what, compared to the weight of glory that this is producing in me, this is light and momentary. Mm. So that's one thing I do is I cultivate that eternal perspective. I think about what heaven's going to be like. I Mm. I read Revelation 21, where it talks about there's no more crying or pain or tears or death Mm. and the the former things have passed away. and, And I just rejoice. It just helps my heart rejoice, which leads me to one of the other things I do, which I invite 
thanksgiving and rejoicing into my day and I do it purposefully hmm. and to help people for whom that's not uh, that's not natural and that's not something that they that they really do maybe they say thanks at Thanksgiving and then the rest of the year life is just too hard I actually you know it's a it's a discipline it's a rhythm of our faith and and it's a choice that we need to make so I put worship songs that go with the theme of each devotion 120 worship songs for 120 devotions and mm. uh, and I did that because I want to draw people into that worship and that thanksgiving because the joy of the Lord is our strength and the way mm. we access that joy one of the ways is by praising God mm. and by worshiping him in our troubles mm. and then the third thing is I think we need to start recognizing where is the discouragement coming? Where is that weed getting sown in our hearts? And we need to guard our hearts mm. from, for me, I'll be transparent, and I, and I actually go into this a little bit in the book, but people who have long seasons of chronic, any issues, right? Um, or maybe grief, or maybe mm. a loved one is sick, we oftentimes have people say things to us that would just floor you. You know, maybe mm. you're not healed because X, Y, Z. Maybe, maybe God is, maybe God's just teaching you through your cancer, mm. which implies that people with cancer just need more teaching than mm. others. So mm -hmm. there, there are all sorts of things that people can say to wound us. And when I, that'll bring discouragement mm. in a heartbeat. And it did to Job, right? So this is this has been going on for thousands of years. Like we see this with Job. So guarding my heart against bitterness, <sighs> forgiving, covering them with prayer. That's what Job did at the end of, mm. of his beautiful book in the Bible. Yeah. Is the Lord said, pray for your friends. Mm. And then he restored Job. And so yeah. one of the ways that the Lord has restored me amid discouragement is to start praying for the people that maybe have sown some seeds of discouragement in my life. And it hmm. brings a freedom. It brings a lightness. It takes that burden away because when we're already burdened, carrying the weight of other people's misguided comments can really discourage us further. Yeah. So hmm. that, that yeah, keeps my spirit strong. Yeah, that is so helpful. And, it, you know, it just struck me when you said that, you know, people ask, like, maybe God's teaching you through your cancer. You know, people often ask, what is God teaching you through this journey with cancer mm -hmm. or whatever it is? We never ask, well, what is God teaching you through your journey without cancer? <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, That's true. it's interesting that it only, and, and the point of the story of Job is, at the end of the day, God says, can you stand where I stand and give me the answers to all these questions? And the, and the mm -hmm. point is, is Job is too limited. It, he's not the creator. He, he right. can't understand these things. And the fact that we push people to get some profound understanding through this. Now, the Lord might teach us some things, but that expectation, Absolutely. that expectation is, um, can be really, really discouraging. Um, why do you, why do you think when, it is that people want to give you 
answers like that. Or go on with what you were going to say. Well, I was just going to say, especially when, uh, for me, I was going through a really tough season with aggressive chemotherapy during my first battle with cancer. And I went on a website where people were making comments and saying things to me. And I just, I couldn't sleep. I was in pain. I, I was sick and I just wanted encouragement. And somebody had written basically that, you know, I know you won't waste everything mm. the Lord's teaching you or, mm. you know, something like that. And it just wounded me because what I needed at that time was comfort. What I needed was a friend to walk alongside me and say, yeah. I'm so sorry. And I understand and I'm lifting you up in prayer. And so I think just like Job's friends, I think a couple of dynamics are going on when people offer statements that are less than helpful. And one of them is it's their own personal, maybe, maybe flawed theory about suffering. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the lies I think that we get told is that God is going to heal you right now, right here, Mm -hmm. every person all the time. Mm -hmm. Well, even Lazarus finally passed away again. Right. So, uh, so we don't know, just like we talked about a second ago, we don't know God's purposes and plans. They're greater. His thoughts are greater and higher. His ways are, are greater and higher. And so I think people want to put us in a box because they think they have, if they, if they just could have it all figured out and if they could just know the reasons why we're suffering and what we could do to get out from under it, then maybe if that ever happens to them, um, they'll they'll be okay. Yeah. And but the beautiful thing is, if it ever happens to them, the Lord's grace and goodness will will begin working a work in them because He who started that work in them is going to bring yeah. them to completion in faith. And that refining yeah. influence of suffering is it's actually a gift. It's hmm. a gift. So, I think when we're hurt by those kind of comments, really, again, I can't say this enough, is just offering grace to people who might have be very well-meaning, but maybe it just doesn't come out and and do the good that they want it to. And, you know, that's something for our listeners to hear is is how those comments can impact a suffering person. And it it struck me when you shared, you know, somebody said, I know you won't waste this. I know when I'm suffering and I hear things like that, how it lands on me is, oh, now I've been given another assignment. I've been given another burden to bear in the midst of this. Not only do I have to endure through the suffering, I I need to complete this assignment of somehow not wasting it, which is sort of amorphous and undefined. Like, what does it mean not to waste it? it you're right. given the law with that statement when you could have been right. given gospel to be assured Christ is for you. And we can't see what he's yes. doing, but he's in this and he won't forsake you. He won't leave you. Right. And um, and I and I loved what you said too about People want to, we were talking before the call about, you know, you get diagnosed with something, you share the diagnoses, and then, you know, everybody and and their long lost cousin, you know, comes to you with the answer for what 
the causes for this and how to heal you. And I think, I think you said, you know, we, we want this assurance that if ever happens to us, we know the answer to how, to -hmm. how to solve it. And, uh, you have a chapter in your book that's called my doctor is not my savior. And so often we're looking for our salvation, uh, from the end of these light momentary afflictions that feel so heavy and constant, um, we're looking for a doctor to provide us salvation instead of the weight of glory that's ours in Christ. Talk, talk to us uh, about that. Well, it's true. Um, and, and I think that one of the things that can trip us up is health is, health is kind of a neutral thing. I mean, mm-hmm. we want to pursue it. We, it's, it's a wonderful blessing to have spectacular health. Mm. But I've also found that in my life, it's been a blessing to need to rely on the Lord. Where we can get that confused is when we begin to pursue healing instead of the healer. Mm. And we stop relying on God. We begin relying on what we can find on the internet and whatever newest diet that is guaranteed to fix our autoimmune issues or whatever diet is going to keep us from getting a recurrence of cancer. And one of the things that we can tend to look to is a, a physician. And if one physician doesn't do it, we'll, we'll look for another. And so instead of running the race, set before us, and I am guilty of this. I'm just going to say this straight out of the gate. Um, Instead of running the race set before us, which is a race of faith Mm. towards eternity and, and bringing others, you know, along the way, alongside of us, we begin to run a race of, I need to have better health here and now. Mm. Well, you know what? My healing is already assured. Mm. Jesus came, died, rose again. And when I, when this body expires, when mm. I die, I will be swallowed up by life. That's what mm. scripture says. Amen. And one day I will receive a new, completely healed, completely able body. And so with that assurance of healing, I can go to my doctor's. And I can take the treatments for cancer or pneumonia or whatever it is that that I'm enduring at that time, but I can do it without burdening them and making them into the only God that's going to heal me and save me. And I better have my eternity now because I need to be healed now. I know I'm going to be healed so I can set Mm. them free of that burden. Mm. And I'm going to also add that I grew up in a medical family. So I see this from other perspectives. My Mm. stepmom is a nurse and retired, but, and my dad is a retired physician and surgeon of over 60 years. And so seeing his patients really exalt him and you know, oh, I worship your father. I've heard that. I've heard that statement, mm. um, which I'm proud mm. of him. He's He was a wonderful, still is a wonderful doctor. But 
he's limited in his ability to heal. And he knows Mm -hmm. that. And he has actually prayed with his patients. He has led patients to the Lord. Mm. And I think when we have that perspective and we see them as human, we can Mm. offer a lot more grace, especially Mm. when things go wrong. Can I mention something about that? Yeah, please do. Right now? Okay. So, I have a doctor that when I did my very first uh, biopsy, for those who are watching on video, I have a big scar on my neck. Mm. I did a biopsy for lymphoma and there was a complication. Something got cut that shouldn't have Mm. and it caused further complications. I had to have two more surgeries. Mm. I was in the hospital three more times. I had tubes. It was... It was really a difficult entry to chemotherapy. Mm. <laughs> I had to go through all of that first. Yeah. And it it weighed on this doctor. He is a kind person. He, mm. he is a good surgeon. It just was a mistake. And so, being able to tell him, I know it was a mistake. I forgive you. I don't hold it against you. Do you know that was the only time that he just, but when I left that office, he said, do you mind if I give you a hug? Mm. Can I give you a hug right now? Mm. It was such a weight off. He had tears in his eyes. It was a weight off of him. And this is a wonderful doctor who um, is not a believer in Jesus Christ. Mm. And so, a few months ago, I walked into his office and I gave him my book. Mm. And I said, this is for you because you are part of my story. And I mm. actually slightly mentioned him in one of the devotions, but it's just, you would have thought that, you know, mm. I was giving him a Nobel Prize or something. He w- And he was so excited to see how the Lord had used all of these afflictions. And I know that if I had held him up to that standard, and if I had refused to forgive mm. those mm. medical errors that caused me such pain, yeah. I would have ruined an opportunity to, to give him the beautiful grace and mm. goodness of, of the Lord. Hey, Nothing is Wasted family. I wanted to interrupt this conversation for a brief moment to let you know about a powerful resource that we have available for you. It's called the Pain to Purpose course. Now, I know many of you guys have heard of this, but in case you're new and you haven't heard of this, I wanted to make sure that you were in the know about this. Now, listen, if you were to ask me this one question, Davey, what's the most important nothing is wasted resource that I should engage with? I would tell you, hands down, the Pain to Purpose course is it. Thousands of people now have found tremendous healing and breakthrough in their valley by walking through this course. Now, it's emotionally and spiritually intense, but I promise you it's well worth it. The Pain to Purpose course is an 11 video online course where I'll help you do four major things. Okay, the first one is this. I'll help you remove the debris of crisis in your life. So like trauma, tragedy, major life transition. The second thing is I'll guide you through the steps of repairing the emotional, relational, and spiritual broken pieces that were left in the wake of your trauma. Third, I'm gonna lay out for you how to reestablish a firm foundation for a healthy and whole life. And finally, 
I'll help you discover and step into the missional and redemptive purposes God has for you out of your trauma. Over the past several years of hosting this podcast, I've noticed some things. No one's pain journey is the same. However, there are some common denominators that every pain to purpose story shares. And there are some common things that everyone who goes from tragedy to triumph have to do. So my team and I took those common denominators and we distilled them into an 11 video curriculum to give you the handles, or as we call them, waypoints that you'll need in order to walk through your unique pain journey. This course is essentially an entire year's worth of counseling condensed into 11 videos and the fraction of the cost of counseling. I believe counseling is, is very important to your healing journey. The Pain to Purpose course that existed back when I lost my wife in 2015 still would have sought counseling, but wouldn't have had to have spent so much time or money with that counselor because I would have been light years ahead of things just from taking the Pain to Purpose course. So I'd love to invite you to begin accessing the course today. You can go to course.nothingiswasted.com to do that. Again, that's course.nothingiswasted.com. And as a little bonus, I convinced my team to let me give you a discount. So right now, for a limited time, you can get $25 off the purchase of the course by using the promo code PODCAST at checkout. So again, that, that promo code is PODCAST. Maybe the course isn't something that you need right now, but you do have an option to purchase it as a gift for someone in your life who does need it right now. So just make sure you select the gift certificate option while you're purchasing that. So again, that's course.nothingiswasted.com and use the code podcast to get $25 off. Now back to this conversation. Thank, yeah, thank you for sharing that story. I think that's just a, a wonderful testimony of how we can love uh, those who care for us and and not turn them into somebody that they aren't. They aren't they aren't our savior. They aren't perfect. They aren't flawless. Um, and it's a way of I loved what you said about not burdening them with with a, a responsibility that isn't theirs. You know. They're they're not going to provide us our ultimate and final and eternal healing. Um, so we've kind of thought a little bit about what we shouldn't expect of doctors and our caregivers. Um, there are things that people, you know, caregivers in our life um, that they can they can do for us, and and we need them to do for us. But sometimes that comes with the feeling that we are a burden to them and we're an inconvenience and a nuisance. Um, what do we do with those feelings and how do we accept care? Uh, what have you learned about leaning on other people in your journey? That is one of the hardest things, especially for someone I mean, I think it's a little bit related to a personality type too. So I like to be independent mm -hmm. and I like to, I'm a kind of a go-getter type of personality. It was kind of just bred into me, you know, in my upbringing. And so to be bedridden, dependent, mm -hmm. not be able to walk without a scooter, not be able to, even, you know, take myself to the doctor. Um, it, 
it really creates a depth of humility. Mm. And I'm not talking about, um, well, now I'm less than and, and, oh, I, I, you know, no. I'm so dependent on people and now I need care. It's, that's not true humility. This is a depth of recognizing the weakness of mm. my body, of humanity, mm. of, of really, um, the humility of relying on somebody else in those afflictions. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, and I actually talk about this, there's even more humility that happens when you ask people for things and they say no, or they can't meet your mm-hmm. needs, or maybe they don't even want to. Mm-hmm. So it's, there's a refining and a sifting that happens. But here's what I have come to truly start to treasure. And we're talking over 20 years of Mm. all of these health issues. And, you know, for those who have been before I had an automatic scooter and I'm, I'm able to be a little bit more mobile now, but there was a season where my husband had to push me in a wheelchair and you can't position yourself. If the sun is in your eyes, you have to ask mm. your caregiver to move you. You're, you're shorter than other people because mm. you're seated. They look down on you. Maybe their voice rises. Oh, hi, how are you today? You know, they, mm-hmm. maybe they talk to you like you're also hard of hearing, which <laughs> some people are, but that's not an issue I struggle with right now. So, um, so it really does humble you. And I've begun to realize that not only does it humble me, but it humbles those who are caring for me. Mm. And it helps those who are caring for me put their own wants, selfish desires, things like that aside in that moment of, of giving. And, you know, Jesus models that for us. He is our ultimate caregiver, isn't he? Yeah. He models <clears throat> putting his himself aside and giving as a servant, mm. as a humble servant. And as the years have gone on, with my husband being my primary caregiver, and I just start to notice all of the things he does, all of the ways he takes care of me. I'm I'm in a hotel right now, and it's difficult for me to walk. And travel is really hard. So as he was checking in, you know, I stay in the car and I'm leaning back because I also have back issues. And he went in and he knows I love the fruit water that they have (laughs) at this hotel in the lobby. So he brought me back. I saw him walking towards me with a cup of water. And Mm. I thought, oh, I hope that's not his. I hope that's not his. (laughs) And sure enough, he said, he told me what kind it was. I think it was like grapefruit, cucumber or something. But he brought that to me. Mm. He just, it was a little bit of refreshment, but it was refreshment for my soul too, to see that somebody noticed something and he cared about my pain. He cared that I had had a really difficult Mm. day. Mm. So what I've seen in him as my caregiver is he has learned how to love sacrificially and beautifully through Mm. this process. And about a year ago, the doctor had given me a really dire prognosis 
we didn't think I was going to live very long. And through tears, he told me, you being married to you has made me a better man. Mm. It's made me grow in Christ. Mm. So it helps me to see that even though I might be more needy, I'm not a burden. I'm a blessing. Mm. And I want to say that for people who feel like a burden. You are a blessing Mm. to those who have the honor and privilege of caring for you. Mm. And when we can do that mental shift, I think we become more biblically aligned. And when Mm. we're more aligned in truth, we're not going to take on a burden that doesn't belong to us. Mm. Oh, that's, that is, that is beautiful. I, I love that. I have a I have a book coming out next year called The Good Gift of Weakness and um thinking about we were so scared of being weak and you know I I've just so many of the things you said just resonated there you know when I think about the fact that God he created us weak like he made us entirely dependent on him all the time for everything that we shouldn't be afraid to live that out in our relationship with other people to be dependent on someone else is there's, there's so many ways that becomes a blessing when we're willing to uh, em- embrace that. And I, and I loved, I loved what um, I just loved how you phrased that, that uh, we get to be a blessing to other people in our weakness rather than a burden. And uh, that that's going to, that's going to stick with me uh, for a while. I, you know, as we think about caregivers, uh, caregivers are important parts of our journey through suffering and pain. Uh, they enter into that journey with us, but there's only so far they can enter in. They they don't actually experience what you're experiencing. And I'm sure that that can bring some seasons of loneliness, whether people can understand you. You, you know, how does loneliness factor into this this journey and how do you deal with that? I'm hesitating because I have so many thoughts on that issue. And I think people who were homebound during, you know, when COVID first entered our world, it was so interesting to me to see the posts that they would say, I'm baking bread. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm homebound and I'm so isolated. And I thought, can imagine now being Mm -hmm. not only homebound, but maybe bedbound and being in pain and having a flu that never goes away. And then you can start to sort of process what it's like for those of us Hmm. who have had to struggle with isolation because of our illnesses. And it's a very real thing that affects um, every community, but I'm going to speak specifically to the church Mm -hmm. because the way we do church is that we meet in buildings Mm. and maybe we'll Mm. meet at a home somewhere and we don't, often have an avenue for ministering to somebody who is sick and homebound. Mm. So it's very isolating. And I actually have a poem that I wrote called homebound and it was during a season it's in the book, but it was during a season where I just wanted somebody to come pray with me. Yeah. And even at our church, when I called our church, we were attending at the time um, they said, 
Well, we just rely on our small groups to do that for you. Mm. Well, I hadn't been able to attend a small group because Mm. of all of my health issues. So I think when, when church starts thinking outside the box and meeting people where they are, then we're really doing ministry. Then we're really, you know, looking at that a man on the side of the road beaten up mm. and we're ministering like a good neighbor, like the mm. good Samaritan that Jesus talked about. Mm. We're not just saying, you know what? I'm busy. You need to get in a small group. I'm going to move on to my next, you know, really important church thing that I'm doing. And mm. all that is good. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't have meetings, that we shouldn't get yeah. together, that we shouldn't gather as, as as a church. I'm not saying that. But I am saying for people who are unable to attend things, to get in a car, to drive somewhere, to uh, to show up, that maybe it's time that someone reached out to them and showed mm. up for them mm. in a really special way. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think that was a very good word for the local church to hear. Um, let's say you're you're talking to the person who is dealing with that loneliness. Um, mm-hmm. how, how would you encourage them? What would you encourage them to do with that loneliness? How how have you been able to uh, address that? I think one way is to get honest with the people who are in your life, Mm. let them know how you're feeling. And you can also call a local Bible believing church or call if you're, if you were able to serve and be involved in in the church when you were Mm -hmm. uh, more healthy, maybe call that church and let them know what what's going on and see if there's a team or if somebody can visit you. Uh, in my resource section of my book, I talk about Stephen Ministries are one really great ministries that some church offer, some churches offer. Mm. And although the church I was attending at the time did not have one, I was able to be visited by a Stephen minister from another church. Mm. So don't feel limited to your local body. You can find connections. And other places. And another way I found connection was I would start to notice other people in surgery centers or next to me in the chemo chair or uh, one of the beautiful blessings about being lined up in a wheelchair when you're at the airport. And you know how they do that. They line you up. Yep. And, and so there you are sitting. I just, I look around and I say, hi, and I meet people and I, we've exchanged cards and, and mm. I've prayed for people. And there's a lady that I think I met her maybe 15 years ago in an airport and we are still friends to this day Mm. and i met her because she saw that i was i think i had a i was using a walker at the time and she approached me and we just started talking so if you lift your eyes up from your phone from your lap and you start to notice people around you even medical staff Mm. i've become friends with medical staff this way Mm. and But the one thing I think I'd really like to remind people who are lonely or isolated is that being lonely or isolated is not a reflection of your value 
or of your position as a much-loved child of God. Hmm. And we see in Scripture, even Jesus said, you will leave me all alone, but I'm not alone, for my Father's with me. Hmm. And so, leaning into a deeper relationship with Jesus in your loneliness and in your isolation helps transform it from lonely isolation into contemplative healing solitude. Mm. Mm. And there's a shift, there's a difference. Mm. And so, I think I would just encourage people, lean into your relationship with Christ and see what you can do just to reach out to one person today. Mm. Mm. Well, Andrea, we've come to the end of our time, and I I would love to sit for hours and uh, pick your brain and hear more about what you've learned. But that's why you've written the book, is so that right. those of us that can't spend hours with you can spend hours with you uh, on the written page. And again, Andrea's book is Incurable Faith, 120 Devotions of Lasting Hope for Lingering Health Issues. Uh, Andrea, thank you so much for coming on today. Where where can our listeners find you online? They can find me at my website, which is Andrea Herzer, H-E-R-Z-E-R.com. And they can find me at Incurable Faith on Instagram and through my Facebook page. All right. Well, listeners, go uh, connect with Andrea online and get her book. I am sure that you will be as encouraged uh, connecting with her in those ways that I, as I have been uh, in this past hour. Well, Aubrey? Always good. Always a good conversation. I, She was really profound. I think for me, like uh, Andrea's faith in the midst of... Um, circumstance is really, really hard. You know, anytime you find somebody who's like, nope, I'm choosing to walk by faith, not by sight. I'm choosing to walk by faith, not by circumstance. I'm like, okay, I need you. I need to be around you more. Yeah. I I think that's one of the most, I mean, I, of course we can't compare pain, but I do think when I, when I sit here and go, if I was in your shoes and I think about chronic pain, something that you're dealing with in your physical body, how much obviously we're integrated beings. And so how much that affects our mental health, our spiritual mm. health. I just think about how difficult that would be, you know. And I'm, I'm like, man, I have so much empathy mm-hmm. for those of you guys who are watching this, listening to this, who you're battling chronic pain. Yeah, totally. And it's, um, it's not an easy route. And and I and we talk a lot about that, the difference between delivering grace and sustaining grace. Mm. You know, our friend Vanitha Reisner, she's the one that first kind of introduced us to that tension mm. right there. But I think another tension as I was listening to this conversation between Andrea and Eric is, you know, um, Andrea talks a little bit about the idea of not letting, not making your medical professionals your yeah. savior. Yeah, that was fascinating, wasn't it? And it's, it's very fascinating because it's a conversation that Christy and I have recently had, her mm. obviously being a medical provider. Right. And she's in functional health. so. Yeah. What that means is you're looking at the matrix of all of the symptoms that you have going on, and you're trying to treat that with something other than medicine first. Right. So your first modality is what Christy would call it. First line modality would be through diet, exercise, eliminating certain things in your diet. Trying. It's yeah. really a, a lot of focus on gut health. Yeah. And so you know 
one of the things she's, she sees a lot of people with what they would term as chronic pain. And so she's immediately trying to go after like foods of inflammation, what's mm-hmm. causing this, you know, because you know this as well, that a lot of, uh, especially autoimmune disorders yep. are triggered by inflammation. Yep. Cancer has been rooted back to inflammation. And so there's a lar- large discussion about eliminating inflammation from the body. Yeah. So there's an important discussion. However, <laughs> we were just talking about this in, with our kids, uh, you know, in terms of like the medical journeys for each one of our kids yep. and for Christy and for myself and how do we maintain a healthy body so that we can remain on purpose for a long time. That's right. That's and it's right. like, it can get so overwhelming sometimes that yeah. you go, well, like, hey, God, I we can't, like, we need you to heal. <laughs> we just need you to <laughs> right. heal. Right. It's so true. I know, you know, I have a chronic autoimmune disease, rheumatoid arthritis, and I I do believe, I mean, I've seen it anecdotally, like, when I eat foods that cause inflammation, I hurt, period. I mean, it just is what it is. So I try to be mindful of it. But two things can happen. In one sense, like, that can almost become an idol That's right. because you get so focused, like, like myopically focused yep. on it if you're not careful. And the alternative is to be like, well, who cares? I'm going to eat whatever I want, blah, 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 blah. And I think you're right. Like we want to, we want to have the healthiest bodies, minds, souls that we can, so we can run after what God has called us to. This is not about being a certain size or a certain weight. This is just about like At overall all. health right? Right. Um, and healing and things that, you know, God wants us to thrive and, um, but really that even like, I, I think functional medicine, the way you eat, even your doctors, your caregivers, if you're not careful, it's like, you can move that line from partnering with them and seeing how God has given us these things to learn from and these people to learn from to like, they become our saviors. Like Andrea yeah. talked about, they become our, we think they're the ones that are going to heal us. And yes. I, I, I just think it's, it's helpful to kind of pause and go, okay, (laughs) who's my God? Who's in charge? Who's actually given this wisdom to the doctors, to the, in the earth, in the food we eat and make wise choices. Cause I think God gives us that agency to do that, but also remember like God is the healer and the savior. And we don't have to be legalistic about it, but I think it's just a good, it's a good mindset to make sure God is always God. Right. That he's always the one that's getting the credit for this. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where like I, we've, I think is a helpful, almost litmus test or a, or a you know, a, a, a rubric for you to always think through is, am I, am I recognizing, acknowledging, remembering that God gets the credit for this? Mm, that's good, Davey. Regardless of the pathways that we're going down for healing, Yes. You know, I mean, it's like even last night, Christine, you're having this conversation about Cohen and some specific, you know, um, medical things that he's dealing with that we're, you know, trying to work through when it comes to like his diet and his gut health mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we just had to stop and go, man, God led us to this particular doctor. Mm, yeah. Thank you, God. Yeah. You know, and, and it, we had like kind of a breakthrough appointment with this doctor where I was like, oh my gosh, but we were lamenting. Why did we not discover this three or four uh, years ago? You know, uh, like when he yeah. was really, really young, we could have prevented some of this stuff, mm-hmm. but we had to go, no, God's leading us in this pathway. And so I think yeah. it was a helpful in, in exercise God's timing us. too. Exactly. Yeah. It was helpful exercise for us to acknowledge God sits on the throne. He's not surprised by this. Yes. He's the one that's leading us. He's the yes. right, because we can plan our ways, but God establishes our steps as Proverbs Amen. talks about, yeah. right? So there's, 
some things where we go, how do we find that tension between the way God created the universe to work and for us to align our heart, our spirit, our mm-hmm. mind, and our body toward mm-hmm. those things mm-hmm. for the the abundant life that Jesus wants to give us. Yeah. And at the same time, not making any of those things God. Yeah. Making sure I, that none of those things yeah. sit on the throne. We're yeah. not worshiping created things. Right. We're not even worshiping created order. Right. We're worshiping the creator. Amen. That's so good. I, You know, the other thing about that too, Davey, is like on the, the flip side, like even in Andrea's story, l- let's say God doesn't heal. Let's yeah. say God says, yeah. for whatever reason, this is the thorn in your flesh and right. I'm going to be with you in it. I am never going to forsake you or abandon you. I'm going to carry you and give you strength and so the sustaining grace you mentioned, but like healing's going to come when you see me face to face. It's not going to come right. on earth. That is sometimes a story. And God uses right. that for, to Absolutely. create Christ likeness in us, to create intimacy with him. And, you know, there's mystery on it, certainly. But I think when you posture God as the creator, God as the healer, that also allows you to go, okay, God, even if you don't. That's right. I worship you. Even if you don't, I bow That's before right. you with these painful knees of mine. I'm going to get down right. and I'm going to say, look, you're you're the one in charge. I trust you. You know what you're doing more than I do. And that I, I, just that posture shift of like letting go of needing to find our healing in these things yeah. helps you either go, I praise you either way. I praise you, Jesus, when you heal me and you bring me to the right food and the right functional doctors and the right help and the right healers, the right chemotherapy, if it's that. I praise you if you don't. You know, right. and I think that's ultimately the ask of faith and and the ask for so all good. Christians. That's so good. I, I you're so right. I I don't know if you've seen the chosen, but remember that episode. <laughs> I where, love the chosen. What I don't remember which disciple it was because it's been a while since I've seen it. But the one who had the limp, and he was so mad at Jesus because he was like, "I'm watching you heal." I think it was all Matthew. Of these it wasn't Matthew. I know that, but I think it was that like wasn't? it was um. I might have I don't know that it, it wasn't Andrew. It was it was uh, maybe Simon, but not like Simon Peter. Yes. The other okay. Simon, I think. Okay. Because I remember I remember thinking it was like one of them that had, there was two names or whatever you know two disciples. Uh-huh. Two names. But he he was so mad at Jesus because Jesus um, was healing all of these people, but mm. he had never. And one of the disciples said, "Have you never asked Jesus to heal you?" And he's like, "Well," and he was kind of wrestling with that tension there. Mm. And in the confrontation with Jesus, I, you know, I'm not going to get the quote exactly right, but Jesus essentially said, "You would, I, I know your heart. You will trust me and um, love me no matter what." Mm. And these people's healing is more about their belief, like helping mm. them to helping believe them believe. In me. Wow. And that's really a lot of times as you as you think through it, like there's no formula for Jesus's healing by any means yeah, whatsoever. Absolutely not. But yeah. so much of what Jesus's healing was in scripture, we can see was about illuminating belief for yes. people. Yes, yes. That's so good, Davey. Yeah. And so I, I think that's where, you know, one of the strongest um, evidences of faith is not someone that has enough faith that sees Jesus heal yourself or people, right? Which often is the misnomer. Yeah, that's the thing that's purported a lot. Right. The real evidence of faith is someone who says, "Even if." Amen. Even if you Amen. don't feel. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So, so good. What a great conversation with it. I mean, that stirred. Uh, man, thanks. Yeah. Thank you, Andrea, Andrea. Eric, Aubrey. Fantastic. That stirred me up. That's something yeah. that's so, so good. wow. 
Me too. Mm. Hey, we want to invite you to something that we do pretty consistently here at Nothing Is Wasted. And that is um, a Zoom call that we do called Five Steps to Taking Back Your Story. If you want to find out how to kind of begin your journey with all of the ministry offerings we have here at Nothing Is Wasted, go to nothingiswasted.com slash start here to take part in that free. And it's monthly, right? A monthly Zoom call. Pretty much every month we do it. Sometimes we do it more than just once a month, nice. but we at least do it every month. So again, that's nothingiswasted.com slash start here. We also want to thank Sleeping At Last for providing the lovely music for the Nothing Is Wasted <laughs> podcast. You can find his music wherever it is you stream that music of yours. You can find and follow us at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries, at Davy Blackburn, at Bob Samp. And be sure to like, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts to help others find these inspiring stories like Andrea's as they walk through their own pain journeys. That's right. Next week, we have an incredible conversation. Eric actually has a great conversation with Jessica Sanders. And by this time next week, we might know... What the book what cover is? The book cover is going to look like because <gasps> you guys will have voted and you will have told us what you want this book cover to look like. So we'll let you know. We're not sure. We're not sure. But definitely make sure you follow us on social media again at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries. Go ahead and listen to a little clip from this conversation between Eric and Jessica Sanders. The first day, even going in and... Um, just a team of doctors surrounding his tiny little body. And just like you said, trying to get an IV in, they can't get it in his arm. He's crying They're, You know, they can finally get it in his head. And I just had to step back mm. and just pray. I mean, I was constantly praying and I, I feel like I didn't even know what to pray. I couldn't even string together words. So it was often even in the ambulance too, like Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. Cause mm. I just, I needed him so desperately in that moment because as a mother, I mean, I just, especially postpartum and all the hormones and then for this to be happening. But at the same time, I feel like my husband and I, you know, we both believe, but we're spiritually, you know, in very different places maturity wise. Mm. So he really struggled and I had to like have the peace of God at the same time so that I could help him. So it was a lot of a lot of ups and downs um, and a lot of like tension too, like you said about the control because it was so much out of my hands that there were many times where things that I may have clung to, mm-hmm. like an example would be, um, I've always been like I grew up in Vermont, so I feel mm. like I'm kind of you know hippie and natural, earthy, earthy, crunchy. And I think for a very large period of my life, I realized it once I became a believer that I probably had healthy living as an idol. Mm. Like I really thought that if I didn't have all these chemicals, if I ate these foods, then I wouldn't get cancer and I wouldn't die. And I thought the same for my kids. And when we were faced with this medical crisis, I really felt like God was saying, you can choose the healthy living and potentially lose your son, or you can choose Mm. to trust me. Mm. And and let me use modern medicine. So Mm. I really had to lay that down and everything that I had known for all these years, Mm. I had to be like, all right, God, I trust you. Yeah. 
because I, you know, I, I want my son and I'm willing to lay whatever other gods and idols that I have down and let you be the only one and trust you.